0: The rich have always made the rules. Rules about tax savings, social security, required minimum distributions, financial do's and don'ts. But they don't tell you what those rules are. Because if you knew the rules, you could take advantage of them like the wealthy do. Where do you go to learn about these rules? And how do you take advantage of them for your benefit? Learn about your financial power on the Total Financial Hour with host Arif Halaby, Sundays at 11 a.m. on AM870, The Answer. That's Sundays at 11 a.m. on AM870, The Answer.
1: Financial security will help you live the life you dream. Learn about financial power, total financial hour. Now higher income strategy. Learn from Arif Halaby.
0: Hey folks, welcome to the show. Total Financial Solutions, a safer money hour. I'm Arif Halby. Thanks for being with me. Hey, I want to give you the phone number here. It's triple eight ninety nine retire 888-997-3847. All right. Look, we, our goal is to step in, kind of help you get out of debt, manage money, planning for the future, planning for retirement. We know that a lot of that has to do with kind of the choices that you make. Uh, really, sometimes when you don't or you're not prepared, when you don't know it's coming, you've heard the rumors, they're going to have layoffs. Uh, we are going to give you a buyout offer. We're going to give you early retirement. Some of those conversations, you know, they start to happen. And your thought process is, should I take the offer? Does it have anything to do with, well, let's put it this way, does it have anything to do with your best interests? You know, a lot of times people will say, well, the company's doing this and they're so, you know, they're so uh, philanthropic. I mean, this is a company that just loves me. Okay, let's back up. They're going to do it because it's right for them. They're not going to do it because it's the best thing for you, your family, your friends, your situation, your health healthcare needs. No, no, no. So you have to always kind of step back and say, it's okay for things to be right for both people. I'm all right with that. If it's right for the company and it's right for you. Well, I guess that's what we call a win-win situation. What I don't want to see happen is a scenario where you're kind of falling for, I don't know, the concepts or the ideas that what the company is doing is in your best interest. So therefore, you must just take the deal and run. You never want to make a decision, whether it's who you choose as your life partner the your spouse you're going to spend the rest of your life with right you wouldn't make that on a on a flip of a coin or in an afternoon where they say hey let us know by tomorrow morning go home and talk it over with your wife or your husband uh and and let us know you wouldn't make a decision like that hey you know it's nice to meet you i'm going to think it over tonight and we'll decide if we'll be married tomorrow you would say well maybe not often even when people buy automobiles or houses or or any kind of big purchase you still think about it you still put it into your your thought process system. You still go through the decision-making process. Well, there isn't really much of a difference between that and an early retirement. Everybody knows when the social security number is coming. You start getting those statements, right? Okay, you're 60 years old, 62, 60, you're eligible. Don't forget Medicare. You know where those numbers start to hit. You'll get those letters in the mail. You'll have conversations with your coworkers and your friends. But when an early retirement offer comes, sometimes you don't really have much notice. In fact, sometimes they call a big meeting. You think everybody's going to get fired, and they give you an enormous uh, a shout out and say we are so proud. And you're thinking, well, actually, this is going well. And at the end, it sounds like it's a good idea to lay people off or to let you go. So, how do you make a decision? Should you accept an early retirement offer? Is it even the right thing for you, as opposed to your your coworker? Because here's a, here's the the the, I guess the big picture, things that might be right for your coworker of so many years, uh, married uh, two kids and a dog and a, and a Chevrolet, right? And in your case, married two kids and a, I don't know, GMC truck, whatever it is. At the end, you go, okay, well, see, aren't we just about the same? No, no, no. So grab your pen and paper. I'm going to give you a list of things, some things to consider. Is the early retirement offer right for you? Because a lot of companies are starting to downsize their goal is to eliminate cost. Now, I want to explain two different types of downsizing. One is, we're going to give you money towards your pension, and then you you flip, if you will, from being an employee to a pension pensioner, retiree. You see, when you receive a paycheck, here's the difference. The dollars come from one bucket or the other. If it is a, a, a city, county, state position, and there's a pension tied to it, or a company that has a pension tied to it, their goal is to shift the dollars that you're being paid, instead of the pressure being on the general operating budget, the general operating account where payroll comes through. And then, of course, with that comes payroll taxes. Now, remember, between six and seven, seven and eight percent of your pay goes directly to the state government, federal government in taxes. Not just from your side of the equation, but ready for this? Your employer. Meaning if you pay seven percent, your employer employer pays seven. That's why for self-employed people, they are both. They're both the employer and the employee. That means they have to pay between fourteen, fifteen. Well, in some states, could be as much as sixteen percent. So how do you make sure that the employer, right? They're not just saying, hey, we want to shift the dollars from earned income which puts pressure on the operating budget to unearned income which is your pension 401k dollars so you're going to see some of that change happen as you go why this matters to you is that you and your family need a chance to sit down and do the math is it right for you all right so here's part of the the process when it's different for you versus the neighbor down the street ask yourself this do i really am i really concerned about the Company's motivations? I don't know. I, I guess you might want to know because maybe it makes sense to leave because it's a harbinger of things to come. You're looking down the pipe and you say, listen, if I don't get out while the getting's good, there may be nothing left at the end of the day. Okay, so you might decide that. Sometimes it's a big company like General Electric. Because did you know every year GE would fire the bottom 10% of its workforce? lay them off, fire, whatever it is, depending on if it happened to you, you, you call it something different. <laughs> so they would let go. There were reports and reviews. There'd be those interviews. All of this would take place every year. They would be submitted to HR and HR's job would be to terminate the bottom 10% of each division. Now, you might ask yourself, why Why would that be allowed? That's kind of mean. So there you go, putting fe- feelings on dollars. Right? Dollars don't like you, they don't hate you your paycheck, your company, right? When the money comes to you, it isn't as if, well, they really, really like me. No, no, it, it, one plus one is two. It doesn't matter how much you like it or if it likes you or if you're passionate. Remember, you've heard me say, one plus one is two, whether you feel like it's nine or whether you hold a big sign in the middle of the boulevard and you say, one plus one must be 19. Why? Because I'm so passionate. The concept of understanding your company's motivations, I think have a little bit to do whether or not you stay with the firm long term or the company or not. Because if you need to work, you got to think carefully about it. If, if this is a sign that the company is going to be suffering later on, maybe it makes sense for you to take an early buyout offer and then get a job with its competitor or somebody else down the street. When you leave with an early buyout offer, you have to ask yourself, am I allowed to still go back to work? Some unions do not allow you to return to work for six months, two months, a year, right? Some teachers' unions, some Teamster unions, you can't quit and then come back to work because now they're paying you earned income from the new job and unearned income from your pension. So they call it not fair. It's not right. You're taking jobs away from other, other uh, members or union employees. So if your company is going through more than a serious long-term, then the situation's probably not going to improve. Maybe it's better to take it and walk. But ask yourself, am I allowed to even go on and work in in the industry still? Can I go out as a consultant? Can I work part-time with my competitor? These kind of things you need to know. So while you may end up in a financial situation deciding whether it's right for you or not, here's the math. Ready? How much do you have? in an emergency account. Now, you've heard me talk about an emergency account being between six and 12 months, six months and a year. Boy, have we not seen that that has come true. You know, and over, I don't know what, I guess we just hit 17 years in radio. 17 years in radio, you've heard me say, probably from week one, something very important. You need to have an emergency account. Just like having earthquake insurance or flood insurance, you know, when do those things happen? Almost never what about a fire? Almost never until it does. Right? Car insurance. You don't drive around saying, oh, man, I can't believe I'm paying for car. You look across the freeway, you look across the street and you see somebody in an accident with a car totaled or an ambulance taking somebody away. And you go, wow, thank goodness I had insurance because you can't buy it after the accident or the fire or the earthquake. So in your financial situation, when I've always said between six months and 12 months of your bills, and then COVID comes along, and a bunch of bureaucrats who have pensions and paychecks, they get to sit around and tell you you're not essential. Have you ever sat around and said, you know, listen, I get it, Governor. I get it. Uh, Yep, yep. We're I understand. We got to stay home. We don't get a paycheck. Then you better not get a paycheck. State legislatures, you don't get a paycheck. Congressmen and women, you don't get a paycheck. Health department, you don't get a paycheck. I, I mean, have you even thought about this? If we quote are in this together, and then you can come by with your pensions and your paychecks and your you know three weeks vacation, and your two weeks sick time, and your benefits and family leave and all the other little things they throw at you for being a wonderful government employee. And listen, I'm not. I'm not putting it down. I think it's a great thing. But what I don't like is that people that receive paychecks can run around and tell you that you don't deserve one. Look, we're either in it together or we're not. If we are, here's a list of things. All of us suffer because you're still going to tax me on my property tax, aren't you? My car registration is still going to be due. You're still going to charge gasoline tax when I go to the gas station. Uh, you're going to still charge income tax. Wait a second. I thought we were in this together. At the end of the year, I didn't have a job. My property tax stays the same. At the end of the year, I work six months, and my car registration is still 100% of what it would have been. So where is this okay? Where are we in this together? So when I talk about six months or a year, I'm telling you that is your backup plan because I don't think you can count on a whole lot of other people. Right. Listen, the reason that people have a Second Amendment right is simple. It's because we know that we can't count on the police. I don't mean they're bad guys. Back to that same concept. But they're just spread too too thin. It's not their job to sit outside your home. It's not their job to to run around and and, and give you a, I don't know, uh, you know, security check like you're a celebrity or a former president. Their job is to answer immediate calls for service and to be there with three to five minutes, maybe six, I don't know, depending on the day and the traffic. So bad guys don't wait. So you have a second amendment, right? That's part of it, right? That's for you to protect yourself, your savings account, your emergency fund, your, your dollars that you've saved. That is your second amendment, right? When it comes to finances. So don't think it's a one way street where you're going to sit there and just jump into the soup lines. Right the soup kitchen still exists it's called EBT it's called scan or or you know children's benefits or welfare or unemployment all of those things are with the old soup kitchens where you would see the men line up with their hats and you know their fedoras and their coats and they would line up and and get their bowls full of soup at the Salvation Army so today those places exist it's called the grocery store cuz you can walk in that entire store is your now soup kitchen you use government benefit. Now they exchange dollars, not bowls of soup. So I want you to be independent. I, listen, we've all struggled. I can tell you, talk about, you know, the old government cheese, right? The long thing. We, we've been there. All of that has been a powdered milk. We've got it. You don't want equality in results. You want equality and opportunity. So basically, where do I want freedom at the front end? Just give me a chance. I'll rise to the best of my capabilities, and if I become a brain surgeon or the head of janitorial services, or if I own a small company or I become the next inventor of the internet, like Al Gore, right, we can all strive to be like him you can You can struggle in life along the way, and sometimes things just don't work out. I don't know the reason, but that emergency account, that foundation. Because here's what wealthy people do. Here's what the rich mindset does. Is this is what we've learned. I've talked to you about a great book. It's called Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Changed my life. I love it. Read it about, I don't know, 15 years ago. Recommended for everybody, every young person considering, wondering how money works. Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Okay, I've given that out. Now think about this. In the concept or the ideas of you trying to create and build success, There's a normal business model, right? You go to school, go to high school, go to college, get married, have two kids, get your job, move, move, a couple of times, suburb, retire with a gold watch. Well, that depends. That is not the, that way of your grandparents may not have been the way, certainly not will, will not be the way of your grandchildren. So you and your family have to sit down and say, where do I want the freedom? Well, I want it to be in the freedom of opportunity. Let me just give me a chance. You see, you used to pay for information like this. You did. You'd save up. You'd mow the lawns, work in the factory, in the fields, whatever it would be. And we'd send our one child, usually the, the, the mail, send them off to school. Send them off to school in college if you could afford it. The rest of you guys and, and the kids would stay home. They'd work in the fields, factories, the, the company store, whatever they would work in. The family business. And then we'd check our watch three, four, five months would go by. We'd look around and we'd say, he's back. Tell us what you learned. And he would come back and he would spew information and you'd say, oh my word, I didn't even know those things existed in the world. What an amazing opportunity to learn. But you see, it was worth it to go into student loan debt for that. It was worth it because there were very few people with the information, with the knowledge. They were very valuable, and they would come back and demand a much higher paycheck, and in just a year, two, or four, they would be paid off, and their student loan debt and life would be good. Why do I think student loan is a scam today? Simple, it's just a math problem. All of the information is free. I can go to any web device with free internet, Right under President Obama and now President Biden, there's tons of free phones. We used to call them the Obama phone. You get them for free. Wi-Fi, free. Now we're going to put quotes around free because you understand that other people pay for it. But so what? It's it's available. Okay, I get it. Betterment of society, as they say. So I can go on and find anything about anything. How do I build a nuclear reactor? I can do that on my Wi-Fi device. I can do that on my phone, on my on my computer. How do I uh, understand quantum physics? Tell me about French literature, French architecture. I want to learn to be a, a company. Pla- Hydrophonics. What do you want to learn about? It's there. But there is such a behemoth of institutions called higher education that were created on you getting a loan to pay them And you're now responsible for it. They're not responsible to deliver a quality education or a quality product. They are just responsible to have you sit there and let the clock tick for four years. Do well? Great. Good luck. See ya. Don't do well? Sorry about that. Thanks for the check. Four years and four minutes pass. And you now have to start paying. That's why you've heard me say for years, student loans and and that process are an enormous waste of time, not a small waste of time. And and if you did the math on it, by the time you're 60 years old, it's probably between $500,000 of lost dollars, real dollars, and a million. Can you imagine making a mistake in your 20s or 30s that costs you a million dollars when you're 65 years old? That's what the student loan debt, that's what that concept is all about. Oh, but Eric, I thought you said education. as said you had three kids and went to college. Yeah, that's right. Community college taught for two years. I said, I'll pay for two years. And community college for two years. Are you going to do anything else than that? Good luck. You go out and get student loans and we're done helping you. Well, Dad, but what about school? Work. Work three jobs. Take an extra year to get out of college. I don't know. I worked three jobs. I used to sleep in my car. What else did you want from me? Not because I didn't have a house, but because I would work. So I'd be in school all morning, sleep in my car in the parking lot of school, work all night, go to school all night, whatever you had to do. It's called living. So I don't want you to kind of walk through this part of life at age 60 and just close your eyes and say, I'm lucky or I'm not. This is a function. It's a formula based on years of habits and where you are financially. Let me send the number out one more time. triple eight ninety nine retire That's 888 997 3847 99 retire So when we talk about kind of this, this structure, you might look in the mirror and say, oh, well, it's too late for me. Well, I don't know if it is ever too late. Right? These are, these are ha- uh, habits and a system you can create. Because if you think about it for a second, right, let, let me go through this because I, I believe you need to understand this. It's just a coincidence that these two businesses are similar. But the reality is, They are completely different in their building structure. you ready? Take a look at KFC. We used to call it Kentucky Fried Chicken until fried became a bad word. Right? So Kentucky Fried Chicken, that's what a lot of us know it as. KFC, that's the new name, I guess, for the last few years. I think there are more franchises in the world of KFC than there are McDonald's now, as well as Subway, by the way. Subway Sandwiches and KFC are now, I think they surpass McDonald's. But take a look at KFC. Did you see a Colonel Sanders, Kentucky Colonel Sanders, right? Why don't we see a picture of him with dark hair or a young man, jumping hurdles? You know, why, why don't we see any of that? Because he didn't start KFC until he was 65. 65 years old and he retired with kind of a, I guess a so-so, Retirement accounts, you know, and his friends. So he was making this little bag of seasons and spices. What was it? 11 herbs and spices, I think. Put it in a bag, shakes it up. It's his secret recipe. And he would sell it to the different restaurants. And it would be his chicken restaurants. His chicken uh, the recipe, I should say. And the restaurant said eventually, listen, this is pretty amazing fried chicken. Why don't you just open up your own place? Well, I'm 65, 66. You know how hard that's going to be? And eventually... He said, all right, I'll open up a little stand. Colonel Sanders, he's not really even a colonel, it was just a nickname given to him, but Colonel Sanders Kentucky Fried Chicken. So sure enough, guess what? Oops, it worked. Second uh, business that was pretty incredible was a near-do-well. You know what that means? A guy just never made it. You know people like this. One uh, whatever it be, network marketing to network marketing, one one invention to invention, one idea to idea, somebody who just can never, he, we, we would sometimes call him a dreamer. Dreamer. Well, certainly there are some of those people out there. There's also people who just want a chance. Just give me a chance. Get out of my way. Give me a chance. Give me the rules. But give me a chance. People like that, well, there was a gentleman by the name of Ray Kroc. What did Ray do? Well, it was a little little business. I guess there was three of them at the time. And he took it and made it a worldwide franchise. Yes, McDonald's. And he was 56 years old by the time he took it to something. 56. Some of those early buyout days, times when we're talking about companies coming to you with an early buyout. Yeah, that's right. He had failed again at another business. A great, great show. There's a, a movie talks about that. Story. It doesn't really paint him in the best light. It's probably a fair representation of his life. But it talks about how he went through this process of failure and failure with, between multiple marriages and life. And then created one of the largest companies on earth. I share this with you because these are both people not in their 20s or 30s. But these are, these are men that were in their 50s and 60s. And what about women that were in their 50s and 60s that created businesses? Countless ones. So I don't want you to think that an early buyout is the end of your existence. Sometimes it's the beginning of freedom. But you have to look at the math. You have to look at it and decide to yourself, hey, does this really make a difference in my life? Forget the company. The company will be there or not be there. There's not a whole lot you can say or do to be a part of that solution. But if there's an early buyout offer and it can be the chance... For you to create something big in your life, I want you to think twice about accepting it. All right. Another, uh, let me give you the number one more time. We're going to take a break here in just a second, but I want you to stay with me because we're going to continue with what happens on these early buyout off- offers. What are some of the questions you have to ask? Because if you're not staying on top of it, you could make a mistake. Triple eight ninety nine retire 888-997-3847. Some of the mistakes that people make as we go through this, this, I guess, this idea is simple. It's a mistake of not asking the right questions. And it's a mistake of trying to make a, a big, big decision at the wrong time, right, when you're under the most amount of stress. So that's why even if you think you are not subject to a buyout, even if it's a small or a medium-sized company and you don't even think there's going to be a layoff of any time ever, there just might be. So planning now can make all the difference. Stay with me after the break. We're going to continue. I'm Arif Halaby. This is the Total Financial Hour, your place for news, talk, and information. I'm Arif Halaby. We'll be right back.
1: Now higher income strategy. Learn from Arif Halaby. Learn about financial power. The Total Financial Power. security will help you live the life you dream. Learn about financial power—the Total Financial Hour. Now, higher income strategies. Learn from Arif Hallaby.
0: Hey, welcome back to the show. Thanks for staying with me, Arif Hallaby. The Total Financial Hour. We're talking about your family's finances, getting out of debt, managing money, planning for the future, retirement. I want you to ask yourself three questions. If you're thinking about accepting an early retirement offer or you're thinking about uh, how do you save or build for retirement, what does that look like or whatever the future is? Because remember, your definition of retirement is not the same as your grandparents. There's a reason that Social Security started at age 65 because your life expectancy was between 63 years old and 68. In other words, they were expecting you to collect a few checks and then die. So the reason that Social Security is going to have problems and, and does have problems is because you're living too long so knock knock it off you know really what happens is social security has has not morphed or grown with the life expectancy it's really a recent invention that this at age 67 is my full retirement age i'm still in my 50s so when i hit age 67 then i'm supposed to get my full retirement age honestly they should have made these changes a long time ago they should have people in, that are currently you know 60 years old not receiving social security until they the beginning, not age 62, until age, I don't know, 65 maybe, and then really full retirement age might be 72 or 75. That's the problem is that they didn't keep up with it. Now, how are you going to take money from somebody, right? You're you're just about at the edge of ready to retire, and they say, "Up, oh, move that carrot out. You know, like the State Farm commercial, the guy with the fishing pole. Hey, Come on, you can get it. You can get it. Nope, nope, almost. Reach for it. You didn't get it. Nice try. Right? It's almost like you're chasing the Social Security system, that says, give me a paycheck. Nope, a little more. Nope, a little more. So I understand the the lack of political will by both sides of of the political spectrum that say, make changes to Social Security. No, you're taking money from grandma. The other side says, I'm going to make changes now. I'm in power. No, you're taking money from grandma, right? Remember that Paul Ryan literally had a solution. I don't agree with anybody 100% of the time, right? And unless it's in the Bible or the Constitution, I'm not really paying attention to much else as, uh, quote, the gospel, so if it's a book that I, I recommend, it doesn't mean I agree with 100% of it. If it's a person I endorse, it doesn't mean I agree with 100%. right? A lot of you are like, oh, yeah, but but President Trump was, listen, I didn't want to be his friend. It'd be nice to meet him. Shoot, it'd be nice to meet almost any president, maybe, except, well, this guy would never remember me if I was to meet him. But it'd be nice to at least say hi, just because it's cool. You know how many presidents there are, have ever been in the United States? I think we're, what, at 46, 7? Not a lot. But I don't want to be his best friend. I don't want to be his neighbor. right? President Trump, do you know what he does with his wife? I'm not asking for marital advice. Thank you so much. I have other places for my 30-year marriage to ask questions about. There's nothing to do with the food, shelter, clothing ideas of my financial life, of whether or not this congressman or governor or or, or senator has any place. Let's be clear on this. Does I, the, the ideas of trying to fix Social Security... Is never going to appeal a hundred percent to you. You're not the only one in the political world, nor am I, nor is the president, nor is Paul Ryan. Paul Ryan had great ideas, and they showed him pushing Granny off the cliff. Remember, like, oh, let's push him off the cliff. And the Obama Biden uh, administration messed up social. They in fact cut Social Security's life expectancy, uh, expectancy for two years earlier. They went from thirty-five uh, years at the time to or twenty thirty-five to twenty thirty-three because of actions that president obama and biden did i don't know what the pandemic's going to do because you realize when when you are working earned income not staying at home and getting paychecks for doing nothing not existing not retirement money no no when you are working that is the only time money is being deposited into social security so when you took half of america or so And you said you can no longer work. Oh, but by the way, your Social Security checks are going to be the same. I think Social Security is not going to end in 2033 or at least, quote, be bankrupt. I think it's going to happen probably in 2030, maybe 2031. Now, it doesn't just poof, go away. There's still money coming in. But here's how it generally will probably work. And by the way, it's going to be similar to some of your pensions. There just isn't enough money there. And here's what it'll pro- they'll probably say, hey, beginning next year, you're going to get 90% of your Social Security check. So if you were expecting $2,000 a month, you're going to get $1,800 a month. And then in a couple of years, hey, you're now you're going to get 80% of your Social Security check. So $1,900 goes down to $1,600. I think that's the way they're going to do it just because it doesn't just go away, but there just isn't enough money to fund 100% of all of Social Security. Unless somebody does something unless you all have the courage to, to vote for that person and listen to them and not call them names and, and, you know, let the other side vilify them, right? That everybody's trying to scare you into scaring you, but you have to stand up. Oh, it doesn't matter. I worked my entire life, let my grandkids fend for themselves. Okay, well, I don't want to be your neighbor. Maybe that's what people do. Maybe that's the right answer, but it's not mine. So, so let's think about this for just a second. If your company is going to give you an early retirement offer, you need to ask yourself this. What is my current financial situation? How much of my retirement life is being counted on from Social Security, either now or in the future? My concern, my my biggest issue is if more than 50%, when I look at this, when I have clients that come in, we take a look at their, their financial situation. We look at their reliable retirement income. That's our goal. And look, some of you might be new to listening to the show, so let me be frank on something. I will never make you rich. Never. You will not be rich being my client. I don't care if you're with me for 10 or 15 years. It's not my job. My job is to not make you wealthy. Sorry. It's to keep you from being broke. My job is to keep you from losing everything. It's to keep you from being broke. Yeah, it's called defense. Try to play any game with just offense. Warren Buffett said it best. In fact, he said, How do I be rich? How do I become rich? What's the what's the secret to success? And here's what he said. He said, number one, pick the right spouse. Isn't that amazing? Pick the right spouse. Your secret to being wealthy is picking the right spouse, number one. Number two, Pick the right career. He said, you could be really good at doing something that a lot of other people can be really good at. And that nobody wants to pay for. Right? You could be really good at cleaning the, this office. It's a hard job, in fact. Cleaning the studio. It's, it's great. But a lot of people can do it. So it's not as valuable. Now, be really good at brain surgery. Ooh, very few people can do it. Many years of school. 12, 15 years of your life, sacrificed, a decade gone, sitting in a classroom. Okay, well, that's a lot more valuable. Very few people can do it. So his point was, be really good at doing something very few people can do good at. All right. Number three, you ready for this? Your financial habits. So I subscribed to that. I said, "Listen, Warren Buffett's one of the wealthiest men around. I, listen, if he's telling you that those are the three things, then that has nothing to do. None of those said. And by the way, pick the right spouse, uh, but ask Arif's permission. Have the best money habits, but check with Arif first. Or or have a career, but so sorry. You, your lifetime of habits, the decisions that you've made, that decides your wealth." Not a 35-year-old or 56-year-old financial advisor, planner, CFP, XYZ. No, no. Those people do not decide your wealth, just to be clear. We might want you to think that, but that's not our job. Our job is to, at least mine anyways, to keep you from being broke. Anything other than that, anything where they charge a fee for you just existing, oh, well, let me see, walk into my office, here's a fee. I'm a fee only for charging a fee, but by the way, every product has a fee for the fee. And, and, and you go, well, wow, this is pretty amazing. It's the only industry where people work for free. Well, no, I have an account. It's $25 a year. That's what it says on my statement. I said, well, you work for $25 a year? Every time you call up, somebody answers the phone. Is that person getting a little piece of your $25 on your 15-minute phone call? Of course not. There's always hidden fees that you have to look for. And if you're okay with it, meh, you're okay with it. Listen, I'm all right. I expect to pay for a service or or a product. I expect to. I'm not interested in getting something for nothing. There's always a catch. The difference is, is it worth it? Should I should I lay the foundation down and say, y- you know what? Forget it. I'm trying, I'm gonna do something else. Okay, then you have to go over that process and find out is it worth it for you? That's it. It's the difference right a nice a nice uh, restaurant fast food restaurant you're going to spend a little bit less maybe a lot less than a nice quality steak dinner right they're they're different they're both are beef but one comes with experience better quality food all right so here's where i want you to sit down your financial situation back to understanding how much of your retirement income is coming from social security 50% If it's less than that, then I'd want you to consider the buyout. If it's more than that, then I'm not comfortable with having your financial life in the hands of politicians that have never really held a job. Certainly, they've never really (laughs) paid people. They've always collected the paycheck instead of writing them. And then the other part of it is, how much debt do you have? And is that debt in, in lump sums and chunks? Or is it a monthly debt that goes on for decades or years? You've heard me talk about, I'm not a fan of you getting student loans for your kids. Your parents plus loans, they call them. Huge mistakes. And listen, young people or whatever your age might be, if your parents have loans for you, take them over. Spend the next three months figuring out a plan so that you can take that debt away from them. Because their guilt of not saving for your retirement or their guilt for trying to start a a small business and failing or their guilt for divorcing and leaving your mom or dad, their guilt on and on is part of the reason that they took that debt. They not only gave up parts of their life, they're giving up the back end, the best parts of their life because they don't have to raise children, except they're dragging around this ball and chain called your student loan debt. I don't care that you're 23 years old or 27 years old. Take the debt away from them. Tell them, mom and dad, I will now pay it. Oh, but they're just starting out. They have a small family. I don't want to make it. No, no, no. Then go get three jobs. There's nothing in the Bible or the Constitution or scriptures. You you look Monday through Friday, nine to five, 40 hours work, work week. That's it. 40 hours. What? Who, Who says that? You're supposed to take Sunday off. Other than that, 12 hours a day is a walk in the park. Ask anybody who starts their own business. That's a short day. Ask anybody who owns a restaurant. That's a small day. So who says that you should be vacationing and partying and hanging out and whatever it is, you know, pickleball or basketball, I don't care. You're supposed to be with, eliminate this. Eliminate this from your family from your parents, the people that loved you. Take away that student debt because when I meet with them and they're 61 or 57 years old and they come to my office, they can retire except for that $480 a month student loan debt that you gave them. I go, why don't you give it back to the kids? Why don't you say, okay, that's it. You've got a a career, you're established now, here's the debt back. Well, our agreement was they would pay theirs and I'll pay mine. I said, well, then let me talk with them. I'll I'll be gentle, but I'm going to be firm. You can't retire with the with this hanging over your debt, uh, over your head for the next five or eight or twenty years. It's just not going to happen. All right, don't, I don't care if your parents think if you think mom and dad have a lot of money, then you sit down and ask them. Mom and dad, does this affect your retirement? They're going to tell you no right off the bat. So you need to ask deeper questions and you need to be kind, and gentle. And you need to tell them, listen, you have 50 years left to work, right? Whatever, you're you 20-something years old. You can work to your mid-70s. You're younger and healthier. You understand uh, all the things that, that maybe they did not understand when they were your age health-wise. Society was just different. So the chances of you living longer than your parents is a real one. So why do you want the last bit of their life to be worrying about your four hundred and sixty two dollar a month you know parent plus loan, I just ran into this in the last week in fact, the last two weeks I've seen countless people walking through the door, and it's like their their whole life is yeah I have to work still why well, because of this parent plus loan would the kid- would your kids get a job uh, uh, get a degree in well, they got a degree in marketing and she works as an english teacher what what she doesn't work in marketing what you're going to spend thousands of dollars a year for a degree in which they're not even working in the industry in which they earn their degree? What, what is that? So, young people, yes, you should feel guilty right now. Yeah, you should feel bad right now. So, figure it out. Fix it. All right. What about uh, some of the other debt that we see that's long-term? It could be things like RVs, boats, planes. If it's something you're going to use and you're going to exchange something for, in other words, you receive something, there's tangible, and you enjoy it, then that, that's part of your budget. But ask yourself this: Do I have enough to live comfortably in retirement? And am I old enough to access my 401ks and IRA accounts penalty-free? So there is a rule called 72T. Okay, write that down. 72T isn't Tom. It allows you to pull money from your retirement accounts. Prior to age 59 and a half. In other words, you could retire at whatever, 35, 45, 55 years old, start pulling money from your retirement accounts and not pay an IRS 10% penalty, the extra tax, if you will. Okay, so that is something we can help you with. Let me give you our number, 888-99-RETIRE. That's 888-997-3847, 99 retire it's the opportunity for you to say, I, I can retire at 53. I have a great buyout package. My debt is in line. My, uh, my income sources. I'm not going to, of course, start Social Security for a decade or longer. But I have great retirement accounts, 401ks, IRAs, rental property, whatever the case might be, working part-time. Our job is to look at your retirement income, structure it properly, working with experts like your CPAs, tax preparer. Right, Any financial professional who tells you they can do it all, stocks, bonds, REITs, taxes, trust, living trust, we can do it all. We're lawyers and doctors, and I'm like, okay, back up. I'm heading over the grade. I'm heading through the gorge. I'm I'm heading up the grapevine. I don't know. I'm going somewhere. Are you going to stop at the same person who does your transmission and say, hey, can you fix my transmission? But while I'm here, I need new brakes. It says mechanic on the wall. You have a greasy uniform on. I mean, you look like you know what you're doing. You you, you kind of talk. You got a wrench in your hand. Hey, you probably know what you're doing. While you're at it, fix my brakes. Would you trust that person? Or if you have a Honda Accord or a, a Mercedes, whatever brand of car you have, or would you go to that person, that dealership, or that mechanic who specializes in your make, your model, in fact, your year of car. Wouldn't you want that type of an expert? Somebody who, when you sit down, you see other makes and models similar to yours, and all they do are brakes. He could do them in their sleep. He can look at your car and say, here's what you need. You start it up, he hears a noise, I can fix it. Whatever it is, you want somebody that works on that problem, on that make and model of your car. That's what we do. I'm not going to talk to you about the greatest Bitcoin story that's coming down the line. I don't, I mean, maybe it's great. I had friends that made lots of money in it. I I, I don't understand it. Not interested. Gold. Yeah. Love it. Buy some. I'm not, a, I don't understand it. So buy it or don't. That's not our, our level of expertise, reasonable retirement income guarantees that They kind of last, let's say, oh, I don't know, maybe for the rest of your life, maybe even income that goes up a little bit each and every year or every few years you get an increase. That would be nice. Because if you retire early, you might be able to get by with a few years of just accessing some of your company retirement account. But what about beyond that? Well, let's take a look. You're going to have Social Security turned on. Now, the full retirement age is age 62. Sorry, the, the beginning retirement age is age 62. Okay, so you sit down age 62. That's when you can start. Now, if you're a widow or a widower and you're 60 years old, so you might have been a widow in your 40s or 50s, but you just never remarried until age 60 comes, you can actually start collecting Social Security early at age 60, 6 zero. Okay, nice for some of you. It can make a financial difference, but 62 for your own effort. So here's what the numbers are. Husband, wife, married. We'll take that as a basic beginning and go from there. Husband, wife, married. As they go through life, one of them is often the stay-at-home spouse if you have children. Always one of you works and makes less money than the other just because mathematically there's somebody that's going to make less money. And, you know, just a side note, this is kind of interesting. You know, the story of women make 70% of a man's work and that whole story. Let me tell you what I've actually found in my practice. The last four or five years, we are somewhere between 60 and 70% every year where the husband and wife come into the office and they both have jobs. I have to put that caveat because not always do they both have jobs. Okay, they both have to have jobs. Between sixty and seventy percent of the time, the lady makes more money than the husband. In some cases, a lot more. Her job pays and her business, whatever it might be, pays a lot more than the guys. I think that's a myth that old women make seventy percent. Now, of course, if one spouse is home, and often it was the lady, if one spouse is home, of course she's gonna make less money. She's not out she's not out on the workforce. Doesn't mean she's worth less money. Right? My wife raised our children. Boy, what Okay, try to go through and figure out what that costs. Hundreds of thousands of dollars a year, I don't know, between managing the household and taking care of the kids, and then we homeschool the kids, and how do we manage that, and between piano and dance lessons and martial arts and, and uh, uh, choir. I mean, I don't know. They were doing all sorts of stuff. Boy Scouts, right? Two Eagle Scouts. They always say behind every Eagle Scout are parents that, that busted their tail. Well, yeah, I have two of them. We we both did busted our tails, good people, good kids. But the organization to rec- you know to manage all of that, boy, that was tough. So social security, if you reach age sixty two and one of the spouses turns on, the other spouse can still turn theirs on once they reach age sixty two, or they can get half of the of the older spouse or the the higher income. So you're always entitled to a hundred percent of yours or half of the, uh, the the full-time working spouse. It doesn't mean that person who is collecting it gets less. That means you just get 150% of the Social Security. In other words, you actually get more Social Security even if one of you didn't work. Now, you may have to work till age 66, 67, before you can get the full benefits, but no matter what, at age 70, 70, In Social Security, your benefits do not increase anymore. You're done. It's over. You're not going to get any more. There's no annual increase. So when you hit age 70, you should turn on Social Security. Barring any kind of weird, you know, exemptions or exceptions along the way, I think you should. Pay off debt. Maybe it's time to pay off. Maybe that's when you pay off the student loan debt. It's by turning on Social Security and using that check to double down on those payments because people in these kinds of situations that might be forced into retirement, you have to look and say, is this a long-term play? Because even if you start social security and then you go back to work and you get a job, as long as one year has not passed, you can pay back that social security and act as if you never took it. You're allowed to kind of get a mulligan. If you will redo it once, go back and say, you know what? I'm going to start over. I'm going to wait. I know I turned it on at 63, but I didn't think I was going to get rehired. I got a great job. I don't need it right now. Shut it off. Pay it back. And then start it again at age 70 or so. And you have an enormous pay increase. 30, 40% maybe in some cases. All right. So there's a little bit of this behind the scenes understanding. We're here for you. We can walk you through that. I'm Eric Halliby, triple eight ninety nine retired. Let's give that to you one more time. Triple eight ninety nine retire air of Halby on your place for news, talk and information. I want to encourage you to do a couple of things. Reach out to us. If you have a question, we do zoom meetings, right? The whole FaceTime and video conferencing, WebEx. We can make that happen. If you're more comfortable meeting, you know, over, over video, we could do phone calls. Maybe we get our first introduction. If I can help you to be my, it'll be my pleasure. There's no fee or cost to meet with me or to talk with me. Every company in the world has a commission, has a profit, has a built in way to pay us. We take that as payment in full. So if I can help you, be my pleasure. 99 retire, that's eight 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 nine nine seven three eight four seven. An early retirement plan could be a blessing, could be a curse, depending on the quality of the offer, depending on your rest of your financial situation. We might be able to help. Thanks for listening. I appreciate it. We're here every week at this time talking about your family's finances, getting out of debt, managing money, planning for your future. That's what the Total Financial Hour is all about. Have a wonderful day. Thanks. Be safe.
1: Now higher income strategy. Learn from Arab Halabi. Learn about financial power, the total financial.